You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Letter to the Assembly in Corinth, number 22 or 23. I wrote 23. I don't know. I'm, maybe I did one didn't know where it was or something. Nonetheless, uh, that's as close as I keep track. Um, chapter 8 is where we're at. I think we can get through it uh, today. Uh, there's some really important things in here, <clears throat> but... Um, there's some, there's a, a really a good reason to look at a few particular words in this chapter. Um, Paul's response to the brethren's questions concerning eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. Anybody know anything about that? I mean, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? You know, um, preacher friend of mine who happens to be born in Mexico uh, always said that he, uh, his family didn't eat meat anywhere near where they had bull fights because those bulls were sacrificed. It's a religious thing. And I often questioned it, but nonetheless, I guess they did make a distinction of this meat was from that thing. And, but in a lot of ways, these things still may occur, but we wouldn't know it a lot of times. Um, and that's, that was also possible here, I suppose, in Corinth. Um, but this is mostly talking about knowing about it. So it's really, you know, it may be a little out of date for us in the assemblies of 2020, but not really because they're, the important facts in this or why the question was asked to start with. Why was there a problem to start with? So furthermore, in this chapter, Paul is going to teach the, the truth, I guess, uh, the truth from heaven concerning the idea of or the issue of idols and the issue of Christian liberty also uh, amongst the brethren. Now, if you want to know about how God felt about idols, you'd have to read the Old Testament. All right, and you know, um, idolatry really never did come back into Israel after they uh, were came back from Babylon. They suffered greatly for their not only their idolatry but their departure from God's God's ways and the covenant that they had. But uh, there's a real weakness of, amongst men, apparently, and women, of course, mankind on this issue of idols representing uh, deities, uh, that sort of an idea. There's still a lot of confusion about that today. 
here's the thing. As when we we're gonna, there's three parts to this, <clears throat> and the first part is the three first three verses. I guess it it's Paul's way of having an introduction to this subject. Okay, an introduction to it. He needs to clarify something before he gets into the idea of idolatry. So let's. Uh, uh, I've made on this outline that the idea that knowledge. Knowledge without love causes division and injury to the brethren. That was, that's what was happening. Um, and they weren't maybe fully aware of how bad it was, but that's why he was answering this question. Let's look at those first three verses. I'm reading from Young's. <clears throat> it says, And concerning the things sacrificed to idols, we have known that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but love buildeth up. And if anyone doth think to know anything, he hath not yet known anything according as it behooveth him to know. And if anyone doth love God, this one hath been known by him. You know, just reading that, we just wonder, you know, Paul had a lot of information about what's going on within the congregation, the assembly there, uh, concerning this subject. And he's not, see, he's not talking about the idol here. He's talking about what? I think he's talking about the attitude of some of those within the assembly. So before replying to the question of meat sacrificed to idols, he wants to deal with that. Now, we've come to understand in the previous chapters that we've studied from this letter to the Corinthian church that, um, <clears throat> that there was some, apparently, some very loud voices among them in the way of teachers and uh, even higher fashion uh, folks that, we're trying to lord it over the, the brethren there. And they were basing their decisions upon their great knowledge. Their great knowledge. In compared to what? Well, in this case, it's in, compar in comparison to the knowledge of the apostles of Christ. Why does it always come down to that? Well, it does. And in these letters, you can see that it does. Apparently, some there were some there in the congregation that understood that if you need an answer to something to do with the body of Christ, you need to ask the apostles for the answer. Has that been forgotten within Christendom? Yeah, I think it started in the first century. Where are we at now, the 20th? You know, we're still not asking the right person. We're still not looking in the right place for the answer, mostly within Christendom. We go find the, 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 the newest theologi theological book that we can find and find out what uh, somebody else thinks about what that passage means to them. Well, that, that's a that's a very that's a good exercise, but I don't know how beneficial that really is. Typically, 
be better spending your time looking at the Word of God and 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 determining what is being said there word by word, phrase by phrase, and, and all the grammar and everything else included. The key to the question and correct answer to this issue that the brethren needed is, in, I believe, in the understanding of the word know and knowing and knowledge that we start off with here, what Paul starts off with. Now, in our translations, the word knowledge or know, it just seems to roll off the tongue, and they all seem to have about equal value. But it's really not that way in, in the Greek because there's different words knowledge I forget how many but uh, uh, at least three that three or four that's used quite often um, and here here's the problem uh, the problem that we have today is precisely the same problem they were having then they didn't understand the the idea of the knowledge and where knowledge comes from where the knowing where the source of knowing really was Just imagine if Jesus had not left the apostles to speak, to, to go out and do his work. The ambassadors of Christ, we used to call them when I was a boy. Um, they, they, they spoke for him. So that was the problem they were having then. We still have it today. There were some there that had the opinion that their knowledge was just as valid and informed as the apostles' knowledge. That was, that was a, a major, major mistake within the group. Because there were some that were asking the apostle Paul. Because I, I think they probably had more than one opinion, or two rather, they probably had, they could have had three or four, depending on how many folks were around. So we'll look at that word knowledge, but remember this, this uh, passage in 1 Corinthians 2.16. 1 Corinthians 2.16. Now this is Paul, of course, in the same letter he wrote to them. Do you suppose he'd ever said this to them while he was with them? I think so. For who did know the mind of the Lord that he shall instruct him? And we, we have the mind of Christ. Now is we the congregation there or, or are we hemmed in a little closer than that? In this particular verse, of course, the we is referring to the apostles. Now if you hear what the apostle says concerning something, you've heard from heaven. But that verse is important because of the, the idea of the word knowledge and know. And you'll notice that we start off in verse 1. We have known that. That's starting off with the first person plural here on the we. And the, the Greek word there is odai or odemen in this case. And that particular know we have known, have known, they've known before this letter was written, was to fully know. 
fully know. That was from the apostles. They fully knew these things because why? They had the mind of Christ. It wasn't the, it wasn't the congregation's fault that they, they weren't apostles, but the Lord left those apostles there so they could guide the brethren, those in Christ. Now, there's another Greek word that, that's used um, when it is speaking about the idea of knowledge. In other words, knowledge that puffeth up or um, the idea of has not yet known anything according as it behooves him, that sort of Greek word. And that is uh, like gnosin, like where we get the Gnostic idea, having learned knowledge that you have learned, you have learned from sight or hearing, etc. That's that's the Greek word. There's a different word. It doesn't carry the weight of of the first word. There's another word, uh, ignoken, which means basically becoming aware or becoming aware of something. Um, also bringing understanding and knowledge. So what what's this mean? The the apostles had knowledge that was in the idea of the Odai, fully known, in, in their case, given by Christ, um, not only to know and understand the scriptures, but they had the mind of Christ in their work as the apostles of Christ. The brethren had knowledge that is the other Greek words that uh, it talks about uh, learning from sight, hearing, becoming aware of. It's not full knowledge. It's a knowledge that can become more and more mature, more and more complete. But it's not uh, a, a full knowledge. Now, to understand that, let's look at... Um, look, I'm reading here from uh, John chapter 7, verse 28 and 29. And these are the words of Jesus. Here we see the word... Uh, no used in, in the way I'm trying to, to to clarify here. There is a difference, okay? 28, um, 7, 28. Jesus therefore cried in the temple, teaching and saying. So do you, you got a word picture of him crying in the temple? He wasn't sitting in a, at a lecture and then sitting down and talking quietly to a subdued group. That's not what he was doing. These things were coming out. You both know me and know whence I am. And I am not come to my, of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom you know not. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. You see, they had a certain kind of knowledge that he was there, where he came from. But Jesus had a knowledge that they did not possess. But he that sent me is true, whom you know not. They didn't have that, that, that knowledge. They didn't have that understanding. I know him. There's the OD, because I am from him, and he sent me. 
the conclusion is this. The brethren in Corinth, the brethren in every assembly, everywhere, need to do something that's very important. They need to listen to the apostolic message given through Scripture because it came from the Lord. Now, that has to be at the top of the list. Uh, They needed to listen to the apostles, and so it must always be within the assemblies of Christ. Everywhere, every at all times it'll never change we're never going to arrive as human beings at a place that we no longer need the word of god to be informed to be reminded to be taught to be comforted to have a life of hope in christ that's not going to happen to us that's why god has done all of these things for us Um, and give us access to it. But if we're not going to use his way, if we're not going to follow and conform to his pattern, not in everything, we need to conform to his pattern in salvation, his pattern of living, his pattern in, in living with each other and treating each other. If we are not going to do it his way, then our way always leads nowhere that we want to be you know and and worse yet worse yet than than what the idea that they just didn't understand who to listen to is this that some of the brethren there were imposing their so-called higher knowledge without any appearance of love, love towards the brethren of the assembly I said they were trying to lord it over them. There just wasn't any issue of love there, which made their comments void, I think, useless. They caused more injury than, than anything else. You see, truly, the man who loves God is known by God, according to the apostle. And if he loves God, it is also true that he loves his brothers and sisters in Christ. This is God's distinction, not ours. This is God's distinction for men and women. And thus it must be ours also. And we read about that in 1 John. We went over those scriptures many times, 1 John 4, 7, and 8, and other places where the apostle makes it clear, if a man hates his brother, he cannot love God. And the whole idea of love, understanding that it's God's love that allows you to understand what love is. You know, mankind thinks that they invented love and goodwill amongst men. No, they didn't. No, they had a guide from the very beginning. So that's his introduction, but I think it sets it straight. Uh, And I think they would have understood because they understood the language better than we do in those words. The words used made those distinctions to them that it doesn't make in our English Bible. 
You know, I used to hear in the military that the the ignorance of of the the ignorance of a certain subject doesn't make you innocent of violating it. I don't want to be ignorant of the word of God and violate something because I don't understand that this word here and this word here, even though they're spelled exactly the same thing, don't mean the exact same thing. I don't think that excuse is going to work if we try to use it. The next section, uh, verses 4 through 6, I've entitled here, uh, God is one and idols are zero. A little play on words there, but You know, there's a passage uh, from the Apostle Paul in another place that speaking about pagans and their idols, that they were sacrificing and doing things with their idols that they were actually worshiping demons. In other words, dignitaries, spiritual dignitaries, um, part of, the, uh, of Satan's minions, if you will. And that all, that all being true. But, you know, much of this is a much different situation we live in today. But being in Christ separates us from this situation completely, as far as idols go. So what does he say? Because he's turning now back to this, um, 4, 5, and 6. Concerning... The eating then of the things sacrificed to idols, we have known that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other God except one. For even if there are those, those called gods, whether in heaven or whether upon earth, and there are gods many and lords many, yet to us, don't forget that phrase. Yet to us, one God, the Father of whom, the all things, and we to him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom the all things, and we through him. Four, five, and six. So he returns back to it now, talking about idols. <laughs> I guess he's using profound um, theological terms there, the understanding of it, uh, while putting things in a very proper order for them to understand. Uh, and it should have really helped quite a little bit. And as he puts those things in order and understanding, it goes thus. We know, that is, the apostles know first, and are now delivering it to the brethren, that, secondly, the idols, that idols are nothing in this, what, in this human order. They're nothing in comparison to what? In comparison to God, of course. They're nothing. There is one God, but in the pagan nations and, and throughout the history of mankind, there are many gods and lords. And remember this word, God and Lord, 
are, are words used to represent many, uh, many different things, but always a position of power or authority um, within the Hebrew language, uh, especially. We find that that's why we have uh, uh, the Hebrews have tried to well, almost well they, for the name for God's name they don't have a name <laughs> if you know what I mean uh, they use uh, I've seen the Dead Sea Scrolls and uh, there where they would write God they have little stars or something but really it's like L or and then they have all the attributes of God given all the attributes throughout the Old Testament and there's many many attributes of God what was Israel's uh, the saying in Israel that came from heaven here O Israel our God is one and they stood on that but that but the whole concept of that needed to be understood in light of Scripture and it goes, but to us, and that's the important phrase, but to us, there can be no other God. Starting, of course, with the, with the apostles first and then those in Christ. There is one God and Father, one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things were made, as the apostles wrote, as they revealed to the people for the first time. The apostles revealed the mystery of God to the world 2,000 years ago. Now, this part's free. Um, apparently, the apostles had not heard of the doctrine of the Trinity, where we have three gods all of a sudden, or the Nicene Creed, where we must swear allegiance to this concept of, of three and one or uh, multiples of numbers that unfortunately one third, you know, we don't have a number to complete that number. Three, 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 it just keeps going, all right? They hadn't heard of these things. They hadn't heard of Calvinism. They hadn't heard of this systemized man-made religion. Now, they were spared that. Unfortunately, we haven't been. So we have got we have got the virus. We're still dealing with it. Once it strikes, it's hard to shake. I think uh, these other things hang on. Well, these things hang on uh, until you're carrying it around. All the left is the handle on the bag. It's hard to get rid of. The apostles hadn't heard of that. That's why they make these profound statements such as this. But you know what? It's easy for me to say, you know, I think they know what they're speaking about. With the mind of Christ, I'm, I'm with them. So this, as we continue, and verse 6 ends with that phrase. It ends with the phrase, and we through him. There again we have we. All that came, all that is the body of Christ is because of this pattern that God has given one God and his son Messiah the Savior body of Christ this is the structure uh, of the apostles and those in Christ the structure of the assembly in the body of Christ 
and basically the saints of God. And, you know, you could say it's simple. It's simple to look at in these, in these terms, but it's, it's, a, it's a, quite a, a mind-boggling thing to think of, the kingdom of God. Because it, there's no time. There, there's no distance. All of these things that we're touching on the idea of infinity, which we can't we can't write it out, if you know what I mean. We can't figure it out with numbers and angles and circles and all the things that we use to do things in our finite world with our finite man, uh, minds. It, the, the whole thing ends with do nothing to cause a weak brother or sister to stumble. And you see, after we understand about the idea of who knows best, God knows best. The apostles are telling us what heaven has said. After we say that's right, and we understand about idols, and we say that's right, we still have another problem. We still have another problem that we're not going to be able to finish today. But we'll we'll deal with it next week and 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 uh, in proper order. See, it it takes a while. How long did this take between the problem in the church in Corinth, those that had comments and things, and then uh, men came to the apostle who was in another location. He was in Ephesus, I believe, and then he had to write and send this back. The problem is we have the issue of weak brethren, weak. Now, we're not talking about infirmed. We're simply talking about in every group, in every group there's levels of of, uh, uh, understanding, of knowledge, but it's learned knowledge. Learned knowledge is fine, but what happens? A lot of learning sometimes because of your nature, it puffs up and it causes trouble. We've got all kinds of scenarios going on here that's causing this an issue like this to, to spin out of control, to become legalistic. Can you just hear how somebody would say, you ate that meat? You're going to hell. You can just, and that would probably be the mildest tone, you know. Because then they'd explain why it is that you're the one that ate that meat and you don't care. And, you know, you see, all these things were occurring. But it could have been solved. It should have never come up. And I'm sure the apostle spoke on this many times. But nonetheless, this is the situation that they were in. So next, next week we'll look at verses 7 through 13 and deal with those things because... Um, this sort of understanding of the weak brother and the strong brother, which is a reality within the church, uh, is a real issue that we need to deal with. So, um, in dealing with it in a way that is proper and without any real uh, judgments attached, just the re- reality of things. All right. So.
we will do so next time we meet. And I hope these words are helpful in in way of the main point. I I want to clarify. Let's listen to the apostles' instructions, all of us. All right. We'll have our song.